In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman. Aquaman. And those three junior super friends, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. Their mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of For All Mankind, a Super Friends podcast. For All Mankind is a read-through show that covered DC Comics' classic Super Friends series, which ran for 47 issues from 1976 to 1981. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. And joining me this episode are my super friends, Paul Ken and Sean Myers. Hi, guys. Hello, hey, Rob. Rob. Thank you for inviting us to the Hall of Justice. Absolutely. Thank you both for coming back. You've, of course, both been on the show uh, multiple times. And so I really appreciate uh, getting both the hosts of the Batman Family Reunion podcast, one of the best shows here on the Fire and Water podcast. They're coming to talk about, well, okay, everybody. I I pre I, th- I thought I was being really obvious last month where I, <laughs> where I previewed. I said, we're going to be talking about Super Friends big and small. I thought that was so painfully obvious. And everyone DC was like, Comics presents, Rob? Is that hey, it? Every, everybody was like, you know, the Global Guardians. I'm like, no, it's the, <laughs> we're here to talk about the Super Friends Treasury Edition, and the Super Friends Digest. Now, of course, for people that have been listening to the network for a bunch of years, we covered both of these books on different shows. We covered the Digest over on Digest Cast, of course, and I covered the Treasury on, like, I think, like the second episode of Treasury Cast. And so those and those shows are, are great shows, and you can still go back and listen to them. But when I have a show like this that is so laser-focused on one topic or you know a series or whatever, I like it to be as much of as a one-stop shop as possible. And so since we are now in the final, this is the penultimate episode of for all mankind. And we had, you know, the couple episodes after the end run of the book and before episode 50, which again, will be the final episode. I was like, look, I want to just take time to talk about the two other comics that DC published with the super friends logo on it. And since Sean, of course, the minute, Anywhere in, the, I'll let you everyone know, uh, guys in the in, out there. Anytime in the Fire Network Network thread, the word digest pops up. <laughs> John is like, you know, squirrel. You know, like he just immediately <laughs> pops his head up. And I knew we had to have him on. And and then of course I was like, I wanted to reach out to Paul because I love podcasting with Paul. And I thought it would be perfect to have you guys from Batman Family Union both on the show. So again, thank you both for being here. Well, I'm honored. Thank you so much for having us. And in in honor of. Uh, our being here, of course, I brought Twinkies for us to eat. <laughs> and in honor of Rob, I brought you who? Oh, thank oh. you. <laughs> you absolutely do not have to worry about me hogging any of the Yoo-Hoo. It is, <laughs> it is all for you. The Yoo-Hoo is for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Paul, what's what's your deal on the Yoo-Hoo? Because you're from this area like I am. So you're maybe more culturally familiar with it than other people. Oh, I'm very familiar with it. I remember drinking it when I was a kid. I have there not had it for 30 years, Rob, 40 years, maybe. <laughs> I mean, a it long tastes time. exactly the same. 
<laughs> sure, it might be the same bottle for all I know. <laughs> Nothing has changed about it in the 30 or 40. Once in a blue moon, I'm in a 7-Eleven, and I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll get a Yoo-Hoo, and I drink it, and it's, oh, that was good. And then another five years goes by, and I'll get it again. So, okay. Well, again, uh, everybody, thank you both for being here. And so we're going to be talking about Limited Collector's Edition number C41, Super Friends, and the Best of DC Digest number three, also Super Friends. We're going to go in chronological order, which means we're starting with the Treasury, because this book came out September 4th, 1975, which means it predates the actual Super Friends comic by about a year. This is actually the very first comic book DC ever published with the Super Friends iconography on it. You know, so that was an exciting one. I bought this book off the stands. In fact, the copy that I have is the same one that I bought, or probably more precisely, my dad bought me at the time. It's got an amazing, I mean, of course, you'll be able to see some of the images on the gallery post. An amazing Alex Toth cover featuring a Superman redrawn face by... Oh, you, caught, you brought that up. I knew that that was going yeah. to come up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no Alex Toth Superman. They, they thought he was a little too off model, but, but uh, short of that, it's a great Alex Toth cover of the Super Friends of the iconography, you know, the iconic look of them all. Before we get into the contents of this book, guys, did either one of you have this either at any point in your in your collection, either now or then? I too am holding the copy I bought in 1975. Ah, oh. for me, so it's a little wrinkled, but not in bad shape. Certainly, certainly all together. And uh, yeah, I too had this uh, very comic when it first came out. Very cool. So I have I have two stories about the Super Friends Treasury. Um, one of which is uh, when I purchased this. It was part of a treasury lot. Um, and I think it was it was almost the entire run of treasuries. Oh my and god. This was this was back in the days where you couldn't like set up, I guess like auto sniping or whatever whatever that term is. So you actually had to be at the computer <laughs> to put in your bid. Um I was actually at a party. And we'll say we'll say it ended at like whatever ten thirty. So I left the party to make sure I was home. <laughs> and at the time, to- at the time, it was the most amount of money that I had ever spent on like one one comic book lot. I mean, it was especially for the time for me. It was yeah, oh, but I got it, and I was so happy. And like this copy is pristine. It is like beautifully kept it and they came in treasury bags wow that's phenomenal yeah so i love that uh my other story and i know i told this one one of the podcasts but um my brother used to play uh rinky dink football and of course like i hated (laughs) that so um this was back in the days when like you were a little kid and could just wander around like a little town so uh, I went from like the uh, football field where it was and in Spring Grove and I went down to Uffelman's newsstand, but I was there too late and they had closed. And I remember standing at the door of Uffelman's newsstand and you, you know, put your hands around your eyes and look in the store. <laughs> and I remember seeing the Super Friends treasury <laughs> on the shelf. Wow, it's <laughs> like sad music playing. It's yeah. in the background. Sean, the violins there. Yeah, Sean. Around what time were you? Was this treasury lot that that you got? Oh, this uh, maybe like uh, so. Definitely the two thousands. Um, oh wow, really? Oh, so yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, but, well, because yeah, because I didn't have a computer until right before two thousand. So I would I would guess maybe like 
2005, 2004, 2005, maybe somewhere in around there. Okay, because I'm curious about that because it's you kind of got them at the right time because I was completing my treasury collection right around then, back when I was building my Treasury Comics website. And that was just before the prices started zooming up. So it might have been you and me that did that. Uh, by, by pulling so many of them off the market, uh, but but you know what I mean like I back then I was able to get you know the random Hulk treasury or a random Rudolph that I didn't have for five ten bucks, and then just a couple of years later I would go back and all of a sudden everything was like thirty forty. Yeah, I was like, yeah. whoa, like what yeah. happened? So okay, you 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 were just ahead of the curve. Yeah, uh, on that. So that's good. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you both both own this book. Uh, as I mentioned, it was on sale September 4th, 1975. Just as a note, uh, as a treat for the two of you, that month there were eight Richie Rich titles uh, <laughs> apparently on sale. <laughs> <laughs> it's a low, a low month then. Right? A low month. A low month for Rich. He had his, <laughs> hey, look, we, we, Gerald Ford was trying to whip inflation now, and Richie Rich was not the character for that moment. It's not a good thing. I had, I had to look it up, of course. Uh, once again, as I mentioned in previous episodes, Mike's Amazing World. Yep. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Mike. R.I.P. Mike. An, un- an invaluable resource. Mm. That website just absolutely invaluable. So, okay. Uh, this book re- features two reprints, Justice League stories. We'll get into those briefly. But really, the reason this book is so beloved is the opening. And it is written by E. Nelson Bridwell, and it is drawn by Alex Toth. One of the rare times he did A, any work for DC and B, superhero work. And not only superhero work because he did some Batman here and there but, you know, it opens with Robin taking Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog on a tour of the Hall of Justice. They get in and waiting for them is the current roster of the Justice League of America, all drawn by Alex Toth. And in mm-hmm. many cases, the single time yeah. you would ever see Black Canary or, oh, no, no, Black, actually, Black no. Canary is actually a terrible example because he drew Black Canary, but like Elongated Man or Red Tornado or Hawkman drawn by Alex Toth. And then they get this little tour of Justice League history and it lasts three pages and then it goes into the reprint. I mean, this, I, what was your guys' reaction when you first saw this? Because you probably were not expecting it, this to be in here because they don't tell you on the cover that there's anything, you know, particularly original. It's just kind of like, Oh, okay. And then you're like, Whoa, what is this? Well, when I was nine or 10 years old, when I bought it, I just read it like another story. And I, you know, I hadn't, I'm sure I hadn't read these uh, justice league stories at the time, right? There was no archives or whatever. And I'm sure I didn't have the, the, the actual books at that time. So, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I, I, I know I remember, and we'll get to the, the, the the stuff in the back about how the cartoon is created. I know I I mean I, that's what I remember when I think of this. And now as as a, an adult, I think of the framing sequence and how how I just like to look at the page, especially page two, and you know just just uh, tremendous. But I I don't remember thinking anything unusual. You know, nineteen seventy five. How about you, Sean? So um, I'm not gonna say that I was tomahawked. <laughs> <laughs> However, there's Super Friends on the cover, and when I open it up, I was super happy, but there are two Justice League stories in here, mm-hmm. not <laughs> Super Friends. Well, like Rob said, they didn't uh, have any... They didn't yeah, have I any mean, there were no Super Friends, Friends stories yet. to tell, so... Well, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think of... I mean, I, 
I mean, I guess at the time I didn't think it was going to be, re- and I don't know that I understood like the chronology that it wasn't, but um, that it wasn't that it was before the Super Friends comic. But um, like t- to a degree, I I was or am disappointed that they're Justice League stories. Now you definitely like uh, to to make it a little bit easier. Like you do have Toth drawing the the JLA, which is fantastic, and like the JLA are telling them that this is what the JLA went through. So mm-hmm. it makes it like somewhat easier. So, so I like that part. And I will say, um, although like spoiler, alert, I don't think the first story is great. I think it's very confusing. Like the <laughs> artwork, especially for Sikowski, who I think is kind of like, or uh, not Sikowski. Um, I'm sorry. I'm kind of mid on Sikowski, but I think his art here is fantastic and the page layouts and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, we'll get to it, but like that 113 pages of how a TV cartoon is made, that could have been used for more Super Friends stuff. <laughs> However, my main thing, so I will tell you, I absolutely hate the fact that on the back cover of this is not a 3D diorama. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. yeah another, I want, another I want up, those yeah. rainbow stripes shooting out at me. Hey, it's funny. Of all the artists who, whose work could probably be translated into a 3D diorama, it's Totes because right. of that thick line that he had on his ink. Yeah. You actually would have been kind of maybe a little easier to cut out as opposed to some other artists. But I, but I do, I definitely, I don't, I don't know that I could say I love the treasury. There are other treasuries that I treasure more, but I do love this one just because it is super friends and you do get some exclusive super friends stuff in it. I, like I said, I, I think like you, uh, Paul, I, I'm sure at, at the age I was, I was five when I got this, I was not cognizant of like, Oh, Alex Toth, you don't see him much. You know, like I didn't right. think like that, but I just remembered. I, I guess I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I mean, probably certainly you know, I was probably happy with Justice League reprints because mm-hmm. I love Justice League. Mm-hmm. But I just remembered thinking it was neat seeing uh, Wendy and Marvin, because I'm sure I would have I was familiar with the cartoon, seeing them interact with the, the bench of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Is that you hardly, you know, you, yeah. once in a while you saw it. But then oh, especially it's like, it's like a it's like the story where they she they met them, you know, and that's yeah. really neat. And that's yeah. you know, you're a kid, that's that's kind of what you want to see if you're supposed to identify with Wendy and Marvin not that I really ever did because I mean, <laughs> but but you know if that's the point then that's kind of a neat thing and you know even, Marvin even had a funny moment I, it was funny I chuckled when when he was dressing up as Green Arrow I mean, right. it's cute yeah. right, right. You know? and I love that they're given a tour you know yeah. of everything like we awesome. see Amazo yeah, and Star of the Conqueror yeah. and then there's statues representing the Martian Manhunter and Snapper Car I mean you know Snapper Car um I I I think as a kid too, I was in love with the idea that there was like a Justice League museum you could go to. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. like that was the kind of thing. I'm like, oh, is that a thing? Because yeah. I want to go there right now. That's <laughs> a thing I could do. Or I could walk around and like see giant representations of the villains and stuff. So yeah, it's incredibly charming. Um, I just, I absolutely love it. I just, yeah. it's so great. Uh, and that leads into the first reprint, which we mentioned. It's Operation Jail of Justice League. It is from JLA number sixty one. It is by Gardner Fox and Mike Sikowski. Now, the anchor here is Sid Green, who mm. gave Sikowski, who really smoothed out Sikowski. Sikowski's stuff could be very jagged and very loose. Sid Green was the sort of opposite of that. I almost wonder if that wasn't on purpose. Mm. It, Sean, you mentioned that you're not like the biggest Sikowski fan. Have you seen other anchors do his stuff? And maybe you like this because Green is making it a little more, it's a little smoother. 
I hadn't thought about that, but that that is a really great point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I a few years ago, I went and read, because I have all the archives, and went and read all these old, and I used to read them to my uh, kids when they were little. We would read a, a Silver Age Justice League story every night before they went to bed and um, out of the archives. And, and uh, I remember shaking my head at a lot of his sort of crazy, um, more layouts and, and, and body positions. But mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. right, he's very sort of edgy. But, you know, there are... I don't know if you want to talk yet about the double page spread um, on pages 22 and 23. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that that's really cool. I mean, you're a kid. I You could I you could stare at this forever because it's, you know, to the listeners, it's each member of the Justice League facing off against various villains. And they're all the different villains like Batman's punching Luthor and Wonder Woman's lassoing. Um, what's his name? Mr. Element. And uh, Aquaman is is punching the uh, Captain Boomerang and so on, and it's all sort of this circular vision around, and it's really uh, it's really a neat piece. Um, you know, is it modern? No. Is it is it exciting? Yeah. I mean, it's it's just really, and it works really well in the Treasury format, if if you ask me. Absolutely, I do, and I like that they are all like taking on different villains. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that's that. a fun yep. detail. Yep. They're all I taking on that. someone yep. else's villain. Um, yeah. By the way, everybody, I mean, since we've we're not going to be doing story synopses because I hate writing story synopses, and we've already covered <laughs> these. Um, this story does basically the gist of it is that Green Arrow shows up and says he's resigning from the Justice League, and they're all like, "What?" And so they all decide to trail him because they figured there's some, something, you know, uh, nefarious, uh, under underway. And of course there is, and it involves, you know, all these, all the superheroes getting turned into the villains and getting jailed. There is a moment here though, uh, where, yeah, you know, yeah, I think we all know where I'm coming from. <laughs> one of the, one of the hallmarks of 60 superhero comics and earlier is they are written very generically. And I don't mean that in any sort of nasty way, but the cat, there's very, Outside of Marvel, DC's heroes did not have a lot of characterization for the most part. You know, Superman talked like Aquaman, talked like Batman, talked like Flash to a certain extent. And Gardner Fox was a plot guy, not a character guy, really. Mm -hmm. He really, you know, again, he had his moments. But again, I don't mean to to, um, insult the man in any way. He's a great writer. But his Justice League plots are plots first Mm -hmm. and, and plots second and plots third. Nevertheless... There is a moment in this story uh, that is the probably the most self-aware moment in a Justice League story to that era. And I know you both know what I'm talking about. So while I'll hand it over to you, Paul, why don't you explain to everybody the moment that we're all talking? So the Justice League has decided to all of them dress up like Green Arrow and pursue different different villains. And so they each get but they each end up getting defeated and then the villains switch um, consciousnesses or bodies with them or whatever. So they're all, they show the sequence of Superman dressing up like green arrow and uh, uh, the Adam. Then, you know, he gets small like green arrow. Anyway, get to the bottom of page four, the bottom left panel. One disguise alone seems er, too revealing. And it's Wonder Woman dressed up like Green Arrow saying, no, I'll never get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that they're like, you feel like there should be an editor's note, boobies, everybody. You know, (laughs) I I was dying. Even as a kid, I was like, huh, 
Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not going to work. Although I have to say, almost just as ridiculous is the Green Arrow riding a turtle. I know, I love that. Uh, I love that. I think we can figure <laughs> out which version of Aqua, which version of Green Arrow that is. Uh, but I, I just love that. I love that they they wrote that Gardner Fox was like, look, let's just hang the lampshade on this. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the sexiest Green Arrow I've ever seen. I'm very confused. Ten year old Paul's like, wait a minute. All of a sudden, I like Green Arrow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. So it's a really fun story. Uh, again, you get to see, you know, a bunch of different supervillains, Dr. Light and the Penguin and you mentioned Mr. Yeah. Elements. You know, yeah. that's a deep cut, Mr. Element. Um, yeah. But it's it's a it's a fun story. And yeah, that two page spread mm-hmm. of them all ticking on each other as villains is great. And as in a treasury formats, yeah. it's is that much better because you just get to see it at the giant size. So it's a really fun story. All the Justice League stories were obviously very family friendly. But this is this is the kind of plot you could picture as a Super Friends cartoon. You could sure. see them doing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So it's 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 a great it's a great story. And I probably, I mean, I, this is seventy six. I this was way before comic store. So this is I'm sure this was the first time I ever read this story. Right. Exactly. You know. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a great little it's a great piece and it's really enjoyable. So uh, then we cut back to the hall of justice and there is this marvelous hall of almost members which <laughs> yeah, is <yeah. laughs> plastic man uh metamorpho sargon the sorcerer robin and then i love wendy going yeah. huh all men and the the, <laughs> the the pose that he gives her mm-hmm. with her hand on her hip and the other finger on her chin and you just kind of like hmm you know, you can hear it. And then, of course, they talk about that. Yes. Well, of course, there are women that have helped the Justice League. Mira, Zatanna, Supergirl, Batgirl. And then there's this, this marvelous panel of Hawkman saying, and Hawkgirl, she's helped the JLA a few times, I'm proud to say. And it, <laughs> it, it's so charming. I yeah, just absolutely cute. love it. It's cute. So. I love the expression on Black Canary's face. I mean, I love Totes Black Canary, by the way. And yeah, um, yeah. and and uh, the expression on her face is, yeah, I get it. But, you know, we've got we, we're making progress, girl. So yeah. Yeah, I just love that expression on Black Canary's face. It's it's really, really charming. I love it. And again, it, it's like that diner at the end of the kingdom come. Yeah. And I'm like, God, if that existed, I would just go there every day of my life. I, would just sit there. I mean, how many times am I going to get to pose with the Sargon the Sorcerer statue? Yeah. You know? That's not something you get in life. Uh, and then there's this little bit, bit with Wonder Dog. Yeah, and, that uh, one I could do without, but yeah. <laughs> but Where Sean I... likes it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like Wonder Dog. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm I'm pro Wendy Marvin Wonder Dog over the Wonder. I know that Chris Franklin is 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 a very Chris Franklin so positive, but you bring up Marvin, man, he just turns, <laughs> he just becomes a different person. Uh, so anyway, there's this little little bit with Wonder Dog, and then that leads to the next story, which is. The case of the disabled Justice League from JLA number 36, once again by Gardner Fox and Mike Sikowski. But this time it's inked by Bernard Sachs, who was much less uh, a smoother outer, if yeah. I may use a uh, professional inking term. Um, <laughs> and and so maybe this is, is this the kind of Sikowski you think of, Sean? Yeah, but you're yeah, like, meh, the, not yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. This seems more common mm-hmm. right okay and this is and he was j- the anchor for the book most of the time yeah uh it was really sid green i think came in later and so this plot involves the justice league goes to visit like kind of a um 
a children's hospital and it has all these kids that have various infirmities and then they become afflicted by those very infirmities where like Superman loses his, it involves the villain uh, brainstorm and uh, Hawkman becomes like asthmatic and Superman loses his vision. Green Arrow loses his arms. So he has to fire his bow with his, with his feet. That's my favorite part. Which is, yeah. you know, That's my favorite and part. His, and his mouth. Yeah. Indefatigable. Right. You know, just absolutely indefatigable, those guys. Um, And and this, again, of all the JLA stories, this one feels very super friends-ish because it's teaching these kids about like, yeah, you've got these disabilities, but it doesn't mean you can't live a, 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 you know, a a good life and a valuable life and and you won't let these things stop you. And it's, you know, it's, I think it's big for all of us. That's the kind of superhero stuff that we all grew up on. And it's the stuff that reason why we love this stuff so much is that kind of good natured, good hearted, you know, again, heart, the the heart of these. Right. I loved how they called out at the end, uh, the justice society story. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got uh, flash bringing that up and it's, it's, it's cool because I'm pretty sure Gardner Fox wrote that one too. And that one's, uh, there's, I think it's a wartime all star comics where they had, uh, disabled veterans. And so, and I just thought that was a really neat callback. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then there's this great little info page at the end where they talk about, there's like a little resolution talking about, you know, how people are, everyone is equal despite whatever, whatever you might be dealing with. And then it mentions, you know, famous people in history who didn't let their, mm-hmm. Uh, various medical problems stopped them. And it's Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Helen Keller and Milton and Demosthenes and Beethoven. And, mm. you know, yeah, it's super corny, but as a, yeah. as a, as a five-year-old, this was really important for me to, to learn. Yeah. And so it's a great, it's a great little piece. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say, um, like about the villain brings. So I, obviously I love superheroes. I love superhero outfits absolutely i was and i love superhero outfits but that brainstorm helmet like that is no way and i'm not even saying i think i think there's a downfall that like characters have to be cool because i think then that makes but there's just no way to make that look good it's just like there's just no way that huge conehead helmet of his is gonna look anything kind of not dumb it's like a retro futuristic blender or something you know it's the kind of thing where it's they would pitch that to housewives in 19 you see that in Mad Men or something you know like, yeah he is how does he clear doors you know with that yeah. thing he's constantly it's giving him an extra like two feet um so yeah not not to, you know not really like one of the a-level villains and so then we cut back to Marvin and he's imagining himself as various members of the Justice League so we get to see yeah. Alex Toth drawing our various heroes but with marvin's face which is a little upsetting it's weird <laughs> see aquaman with marvin's marvin's face and hawkman and batman but okay it's very very cute uh and then we have this another this uh additional bonus feature by alex toth about tv cartoons and mm-hmm. for i i again i don't know about you paul when you were buying it but like i was unfamiliar with this as a style this is something alex toth did where he would just write out these full-on pieces and they would get published in various locations and they would be filled with their, you know, different old spot illustrations. But a lot of it is just very, it's just text. It's just pages and pages. It, it's amazing. Of all handwritten text by Alex Toth. And, and it took me, I was reading this and pre- preparing for this and I had read it for, I mean, years. Right. And, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, 
Alex Tooth lettered all this because that's the same handwriting. Yep. I was like, oh my gosh, and and it's it's so dense. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, I I just found it interesting the whole life cycle from you know selling. He's a guy in there about selling meetings to the show and storyboards, which would have been the first time I would have heard that term and hmm. you know made a big deal of the high speed xerox machine <laughs> that was funny um you know I, I, there was a a, a a a very concise explanation of 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 simplifying and how i would simplify yes, the yes, characters yeah. i thought that was really neat model sheets and hand painting and logos and i and then i love the explanation of merging the sound and just you know just really cute i mean it's, but it is it does go on forever and it's a very cute finish with him himself walking off with the yeah, can of yeah. film, which I find, uh, you know, pretty neat. And he's got either his pencil or a cigarette in his hand as he's walking away. Probably a cigarette. Probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love I love the example of the two arms. And you see, this is what it looks like in a, in a panel. Yes. With all the modeling. Yeah. And then this is what it has to look like in animation, which is just the ally. I thought, what a great way to explain to even yes. the youngest child yes. what works in a cartoon and what doesn't. And yeah, I think yeah. that, that has to be Captain Marvel, Shazam. Like that's all. That's I totally think that's kind of got that coloring. Yeah, yeah. sure does yeah. have it. Sure does look like him. Mm-hmm. And I, I would really guess that for nineteen seventy five, this ten page article has got to be the most detailed, correct explanation of animation outside of the animation industry. Hmm. Like I can't imagine any other thing that would be this in depth because like <laughs> listeners like this is in depth like you say 10 pages you're like okay yeah like if you're reading this i would think it's gonna take 40 minutes maybe like <laughs> it's a like, lot it's, yeah yeah it and, definitely and i don't, don't want to say it's necessarily dense like there are a lot of words now it's spaced out fantastically like his lettering is fantastic like it's yes. easy to read and it's easy to follow and it, it's not boring but man it you know it's it's not just like they draw pictures on pieces of plastic and then we, <laughs> and, and then we photograph them moving slowly then we turn it into film no this goes into it yeah i mean i thought it was i mean i i, I read it the other day and i was like wow that was really it was more than i really needed to know but it was, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> it's surprisingly in-depth when you figure yeah. what the audience is yes, for this yes. book yeah. which is yeah a, a younger audience than even a typical dc yeah. superhero comic uh, you know, and he doesn't dumb it down. And then on the inside cover, there's a little self bio. By I the way, that. all this stuff is written. You know, as, as you know, we'll see some of the pages in the gallery. But like, you notice all of the like he breaks the stuff up into paragraphs, but it all fits. Oh yeah, like there's no dangling word or anything. Like it's all kind of exactly spaced out the way it's supposed to be. But I love in his little personal bio, he mentions and Sean. I figured you would find this interesting that he quote unquote haunted the public library <laughs> find every book allowed. I yeah. thought that was really cute. The pictured young, but I'm sure still very cranky Alex Toth uh in the library just reading every book he could find. Yeah. No, this was great. It's, you know, I felt like I was reading this. I felt like, man, this was great. I, it was very, you know, user friendly for lack of a better word. I felt like I could read it out loud on Batman Family Returns and it would be right at home as a as a bio. It was really well done. I, I really enjoyed reading that. Now you said, Sean, you're you think this is, goes on a little like you maybe would have preferred some other Super Friends content instead of this much animation talk. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and even still to this day, if this would have been like an original ten page Super Friends story, 
written by or drawn by Toth, I would have loved oh, more than well, the, sure than the animation information. Yeah. I mentioned that a couple times on the show that it is such a shame that they never got Toth to do even a backup mm-hmm. Super yeah, Friends story, yeah. considering his he did the model sheets and everything, and he's so connected to them that they never even like a five pager, just something. Mm-hmm. Uh what a what a lost opportunity. I mean, maybe he was never interested, but it's I, I'm sure they might have pitched it to him, but what a darn shame. But at least we get this. Yeah. At least we get this. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, as Sean mentioned, there's a great back cover. Uh, not a diorama, unfortunately, although I guess you could cut this out and kind of make your own <laughs> version of the diorama. Best wishes from your super friends. And With no redrawn face. No redrawn right, face, for, right. Yes, Superman right. looks very Toth-like in there. So there Good you go. For the back cover, but not the front. <laughs> yes. So uh, I said, this This is the same copy I bought. My dad bought me, you know, for a mm-hmm. dollar, 1975. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I just love it. I, I This is one of my all-time favorite treasuries. And uh, I wished, you know, DC had done more Super French treasuries, but at least we get this one because it's just it's, a, it's just a beautiful collection. No argument from me. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, all right, well, let's move on. Now we're at the sort of flip side uh, of the of the Super Friends kind of publishing career in that this book my came... magnifying glass. Yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> get out my bifocals. Uh, yeah, we have the Treasury that came out just before the Super Friends book started, and then we have the Digest, which didn't was still coming out when Super Friends was still published, but it's near the end. It's in, it came out mm-hmm. uh, October eleventh, nineteen seventy nine. So during sort of the last couple of years of the book, if the I same... can if I can inject, it came out between issues twenty seven and twenty eight of Super Friends. I was going to uh, mention issue... that. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Issue twenty eight is the famous Halloween cover. So it was dead right set in the middle of those. Yes, perfect. You know, I mean, that's one of the probably like my favorite Super Friends cover of all time. Um, and this features a painted cover by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his name. His name. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is, I mean, I, I can't think of another example. Oh, it's inked by Bob Smith. And it, it, it's listed on the inside cover. It says, it also gives Joe Orlando cover maybe, cover maybe. credit and i wonder if he didn't do the, the painting the, the painted part of it yeah well yeah. you know it's interesting because i was looking at that and i was like oh my gosh that's painted and then the first three i even did some research on mike's amazing world on on uh dc blue ribbon digest and turn you know the first three are all painted the first one was right. superman and the second one was that Batman cover that we, the three of us, covered on the Treasury, but they right? repurposed it for the Digest. And then the third one was this one. And all of them had this same sort of washed, painted look. Well, and, and also, they, I, I'm not an art expert. I think the Rudolph cover is also painted. And that could be. I didn't go that farther. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, they were trying fabulous. to make these look a little special. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah exactly. And then it uh, probably I, got too expensive. So they went <laughs> to the regular. Probably. Uh, I will say just again, uh, this month, 10 Richie Rich titles <laughs> coming up. So Richie Richie was having a she was having a better month with Jimmy Carter as president. Um, um talking talking about this cover, um, this is my absolute all-time favorite comic book image of my life. Wow. I, I mm, think wow. this is I think this is absolutely beautiful. Like it it makes the super friends still have their look, but almost seem real. Yeah. Like like anytime someone is something was painted, especially back then, like it just made it feel real. 
Uh, I love the fact that everyone's interacting. Like you get mm -hmm. Wendy and Marvin and the Wonder Twins. Everyone's like interacting, and and just the fact that like like he's reading uh, Superman is reading Super Friends comics, and there's a whole big mm -hmm. stack. So that means mm -hmm. he's he's been reading them for a while, and there's still more to come. Yeah, and I love it how everyone's so engaged in the story. Uh -huh. It's just fantastic. Yeah, I've I've mentioned on different shows that I'm a sucker for. Mm -hmm. Images mm -hmm. of superheroes palling around, yes, or 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 doing some sort of community service kind of, you know, like those uh, comic cavalcade covers, yeah. you know, or the, yeah, any, anything where the the heroes are not necessarily fighting and they're doing mm -hmm. something. I just find that to be charming, and so yeah, this is, and I love Robin's uh, body yes. language. <laughs> he's got his head in his hands and he's just really enjoying. It. It's it's very very charming, and as you said, Sean, I love that it's got. Wendy and Marvin and the Wonder Twins. It's got yeah. everybody. It's got the entire run of the Super Friends uh, characters. And so, uh, you know, I think this is really great. Now, I'm always assuming that when these books were collected, that when these when when a, a digest or a treasury was given a theme, that, that meant that the 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 character or the, the the concept was selling well enough to to get this. You know, I would assume that they weren't going to do like a, a sales loser and make right. a digest out of it because they, why would they do that? Maybe that's wrong. Maybe, I, maybe I'm reverse engineering it. Maybe they did these as a, as a way to boost sales. Mm -hmm. But I think it says something that the first three treasuries are Superman, Batman, their marquee characters, and then super friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes me think super friends was probably selling fairly well that it yeah. this early in the run, it got its own treasure. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think that it's, you know, you think about where the, Digests were sold in the grocery stores mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it certainly had the, you know, brand recognition, Superman, Batman, and Super Friends is, you know, substitute, if you will, for Justice League, which would they didn't didn't have the brand recognition at that time because they titled the show Super Friends, you know. And so I agree that I think you're hundred percent right. I think it's, you know, these are the ones let's kick this digest off, this digest line off in a in a strong way and and see what happens. And I and I promise this is not going to turn into Digest Cast. But so the issue after this was Rudolph, and then after that was the first year's best comic stories. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so it's a strong start, right? Yeah, they were fun to Now, uh, much like I asked you guys at the treasury, did either one of you have this at the time? I did yeah. not. I I um, at this point I would have been like fifteen. I probably was not. I don't think I was buying digests. 1980 um I, and i i only have a handful of them i i did not have it i don't know where i picked pick this up i know i told you a couple of weeks ago rob i didn't have it but i actually do have it and i you know i must have got it for five bucks or something at a show just as a as something neat to have because hmm. i only have like half a dozen 10 digests so i i was lucky enough i bought uh best of dc digest number one with superman loved it uh the next the next issue was Batman. Two months later, Batman came out. And I actually bought Batman the day of my sister's wedding. My oldest <laughs> sister's wedding. I, I bought it at Uffelman's newsstand. Wow. I, I remember that. Uh and I had I had every issue. Um, and i I'm actually surprised. Maybe I could if I had uh Mike's Amazing World up with all the the covers on it. But um, so I had each issue and then I guess maybe after six or seven or eight issues, then I had a subscription hmm. to Best of DC Digest. And I had that subscription for two years. Hmm. Now, after that two years, then it did kind of fall off because, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this out loud, but 
there were too many like binky and i swear i have come <laughs> There were too many sugar and spikes, and at the time, at the time, Sean. No, 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 no. Stay with, stay with me. At the time, I did not care about sugar and spike. Now I love them, and I'm so happy to have sugar and spike in the digest collection. And I, I have all of the DC digests. Um, now I had to go back and piece it. But even, even when my subscription fell off, there were lots of issues I would buy off the newsstand, like most mm-hmm. of the superhero ones. Um, I got had had all of the adventure comics because it had uh, Captain Marvel in um, mm-hmm. a lot of the DC specials I got. Um, now at the time I didn't get like the war or the horror stories or anything like that, but I since now have picked them up and I just I just think it's fantastic. I love it. I don't. I mean, I guess I knew from the edge you, you could subscribe to the Digest, but I don't think it ever. I don't know. It never really occurred to me. But yeah, of course you could, right? I mean, anything yeah. else? Seven dollars and thirty five cents. Imagine, wow imagine that uh yeah i i just think this cover is just really yes. charming uh it's just True. absolutely absolutely beautiful so this uh book unlike the treasury actually does feature some super friends reprints in it although not all mm-hmm. baffling uh the first story is the cosmic hitman from super friends number three by e and b of course ramona Fraden and bob smith i can't think of another artist whose work reduces better then Ramona yeah, Fraden, yeah. it's clean. Mm-hmm. The ink lines by Bob Smith are nice and thick. I mean, it's it looks gorgeous. Now, why they picked this one? I mean, I like the story. I like this. I like this villain because he's so goofy looking. Um, <laughs> but it's so it's it's fun. It's a fun story to do uh, to lead off the book. And I said, I'm glad that it's you know it's actually Super Friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- and this story is fantastic because, like, if you haven't read this, you're going to think I'm lying and making this up to seem more, you know, hardcore and hard-edged, you know, like I am. But, the, <laughs> like, the, the, the doctor in this story straight up literally kills a ton of supervillains. <laughs> he does. He obliterates like them. He <laughs> absolutely does, yeah. And then he forms like... <laughs> into into one villain called the World Beater, yeah. I was like, man, this is dark. It's I, 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 I know I read it because I read along with you on the the for all mankind, and I was, I was, I, I had forgotten that even you know over the last four years or whatever since you covered it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is dark. And, and yeah. the thing that's surprised, like, it'd be so easy just to say, I am removing your evil essence from your body, from your <laughs> psyche, and putting it into. The- no, no, we're killing you. <laughs> Yeah, we and we get to see them get obliterated. Yeah, yeah. They're in these they're in these little prison bubbles, uh, and he pulls a switch and he just literally one guy's actually holding his own throat like he's choking to death. It's uh, pretty pretty dark stuff. Um, this is a, the the rare superfood story where some of the other jailers appear in it. Yeah, which yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. we get to see Green Arrow and then the Flash, and so all the, mm-hmm. that's all that's great. So absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Great's a great Green Lantern too. Great pick. So the next story bafflingly <laughs> is from just league of america it's man thy name is brother from jla 57 by garner fox and mike sikowski and and sid green again what? look i like the story starring none of the super friends none of the super <laughs> friends but it does feature snapper car so that's exciting <laughs> i mean i they went this this story fits in is of a piece with the Case yeah. of the Disabled Justice League, where it's sort of yeah. teaching a moral story to young kids, yeah. and it was one off. And I, it was, it was DC's quest, one of their early quests, to be quote unquote relevant. 
you know, as they saw what Marvel was doing and they were like, okay, we have to like teach brotherhood. But I am baffled as to why there's a JLA story in a Super Friends Digest. Yeah. Yeah. I am interested why it wasn't just five Super Friends stories. But if if you're going to have, and I, I wonder maybe if DC was hedging their bets where, like, although there's nothing on the cover about it, but if you picked it up and you weren't a super, super Friends fan, but you saw like a Teen Titans and a JLA story, maybe you would pick it up. And and I will say, like, I understand, I can understand why this story would be in more because like it is dealing with kids, like there are kids in the mm-hmm. story and it is about like helping one another and understanding one another. And that's very much, I mean, by this time, it this book came out during the world's greatest Super Friends but, like, the message of this is almost like the first season hmm. where, like, we all have to get along. We have to understand each other. Yeah. So, and and then as we'll get to the Titans, it's kind of like a, a similar message. Yeah. And yeah. Don't don't judge a book by its cover, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there is something worth mentioning. The last page of the story yeah. um, has clearly been redrawn yes. uh, for the reprint because all of a sudden Snapper Carr... <laughs> looks like he's gotten stung by a bee like his face very very blown up and there's this drawing of of his hand holding some papers and he looks like Kristen Wiig's character in Saturday Night Live where she had that tiny little hand oh my god I just noticed that that's so funny what is happening so I don't know whether when they were statting the original page like somebody spilled coffee on it or what but it's or maybe there was a next issue blurb or something. Well, I they think it's, get rid of. I'll, I'll pull it up, but I think it's like one of those like half page, like half page. And then the, the second half was like an ad. Oh, that that's it. That's uh, I'm sure that's what it, it is. Yeah. And, well, because if, if you look like, so on digest page 42, which is page 25, the last page of the story, the snapper car at the bottom is the exact same snapper car in the first panel. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's mm-hmm. just it's literally copied like it's cut and pasted literally from mm. the first panel to the third panel ah very good detective work there there you go man uh-huh. impressive so yeah it's it's well, i can't when i see that little hand i'm just like what is, <laughs> what is happening <laughs> how can he how can he write the jla case book with that tiny little hand i don't very very odd um so okay so then the next story we go back to super friends super friends number four actually so the two issues in a row it's riddles and rockets by ian b frayden and smith and this one features an appearance by the riddler mm-hmm. uh again fun i would love it ramona mm-hmm. frayden drawing some kid from a deep bench uh, yeah i mean it's you know it's a great super friend story it's one of the goofier villains yeah. uh, the, you know him he looks like a kind of a snidely whiplash kind of look uh with this rocket pack but you know again it's a it's a nice it's a nice little one one-off story yeah i like how superman sings that was my favorite part <laughs> well and then but poor aquaman is like only on the last page <laughs> yeah they even make apologies for it at the spot she's like he'll be along later i'm like eh, okay <laughs> What uh, my my bat co- our bat cousins who are listening will know. I super appreciate that they make it a point to talk about Skyrocket and how he keeps with his gimmick. <laughs> I, I love a theme. He sticks with it. I said so I love Skyrocket. You know, fly with the one that brought you, as they say. So you know, why not? Uh, so yeah, two two solid stories, and then we move on to of all things, Teen Titans. 
Yeah. Uh, Eye of the Beholder from Teen Titans number 18 by Lynn Ween, Marv Wolfman, and Bill Drought. I, I mean, I like it. I like Bill Drought's artwork. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's got a kid, slightly kid, kid-friendlier kind of message because they're talking about dealing with this Russian superhero and they're, yeah. you know, they don't trust each other. But again, like really, instead of a super friend story, they went with this. Yeah, I think it's the theme that they were going for and they wanted. I think you're right. I think they wanted variety because, you know, they maybe they weren't sure about how it would sell because, you know, the back cover of the Super Friends aren't either. You got the Teen Titans and the other three Justice Leaguers. So I think that the, your idea, Sean, is, is holds up well. And this is a pretty good story. I, I had forgotten Bill Drow, read, uh, drew the Teen Titans because I recently read through a bunch of um, Phantom Strangers and... uh and 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 he picked that up after uh, Jim Apparel left, and um, you know it's not Jim Apparel, but it, it, I I did enjoy it. But I uh, I enjoyed the art in this one, even at the small size, um, in in quite a few of the pages. So, um, but uh, yeah, I remember reading this, not knowing that this existed until you know later on. Of course, Marv Wolfman invented a different Starfire, and um, and then I remember reading something about that, and that's. At some point, why I ended up and I'm going back and getting that that issue and reading it, so I have a fond memory of this story. And the the hilarious thing for me, so the Teen Titans are going up against like this international jewel thief named Andre LeBlanc, <laughs> I know. who is who is French, and absolutely <laughs> his his dialogue is the peppiest <laughs> lapuest dialogue <laughs> you've ever read. Entire life, <laughs> it is the jewel. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely true. I think Len and Marv hadn't yet reached their prime. Let's just say they're probably like sixteen when they wrote this story. Uh, the, my favorite part, and I thought you would like this, Sean. Page eighty. Robin really socks it to uh, the guy, and yeah, he's really pacing the guy. One, yeah, 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 he really clobbers him at the end. So I, I did like that. And Bill Trout's work, I think, again reduces very well. It's very clean. The line yeah, is very clean. Line yeah. is very, you know, uh, the layouts are are very straightforward. Uh, but yeah, he does look like um, Inspector Clouseau, though. In in the in the, in the mask, he does have that kind of yeah. kid. Oh my he gosh, does yeah. have that kind of look. That, so. Digest page seventy six, story page seventeen. That third panel. Oh my god, that could be Peter Sellers, right? Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> is that your dog? Uh, so, but yeah, it's it's a good story. Again, I but I think probably when I bought this treasury at the time, I was probably yeah. I was I would have been eight. I was like, what? Okay, why is it Teen Titans? <laughs> why yeah, is it an odd, it's an odd, an odd yeah. choice. No, no question about it. As long as it's not Tomahawk, I guess is the. <laughs> uh, so then the final story. We're yeah. back to Super Friends. The Monster Menace from Super Friend number 10 by EMP, Frayden, and Smith. Again, another another one-off um, story. And it features uh, some quasi-universal monsters, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Dracula and a Frankenstein and a mummy and a wolfman. So, that, again, another really fun thing to get Ramona Frayden to draw. And then it features the creepiest-looking Green Lantern. Uh, <laughs> possibly he's got this one little patch of hair and stuff it's it's a again it's another really fun goofy ass story yeah no i great. i really wish when uh dc went the so it wasn't the explosion but the aftermath of the explosion 
uh, when they did add the eight page backups. Yeah. I wish I wish this this hero group would have had at least one eight page story because <laughs> I I think they could have carried a book, much less an eight page backup. Yeah, yeah, they're fun monster superheroes basically yeah. you know the creature of the black lagoon and there's like a, a female dragon like a, you know it's great it's really really it's a fun story so uh and then there is on the inside back cover there's a a text piece which is almost assuredly by e nelson bridwell mm-hmm. talking about heroes meeting and it ends with talking about it even mentions spider-man yeah uh and then so we had superman teaming up with captain marvel and muhammad ali which is fun and then there is a uh, a back cover drawn again by the same team as the front cover with some washes uh and it's great i love we have the the jla characters from man my name is brother and then the teen titans all with very distinct you know poses jlgl yeah. man always bringing it uh yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really beautiful it's a really nice back cover well yeah. and one thing i want to add so um this isn't the reunion but i am gonna take us to gabriel's horn <laughs> oh boy i know i know what you're gonna pick <laughs> because because on the inside back cover the text page when heroes meet uh it says it is a fact that if someone has more than one popular feature he or she finds it pays to put them together this has been done from the time of the ancient greeks who teamed all the great heroes of hercules age to aid jason and finding the golden fleece Right down to the recent episode of Charlie's Angels sailing on the love boat. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love ENB, man. You know, he just loves it. By the way, it does mention, I I said that it mentions Spider-Man, but it also mentions the first crossover was when the Human Torch met the Submariner yep. in the timely yeah. now Marvel comics. And this was something I always liked about DC over Marvel. I'm sorry. Was like in the letters pages at Marvel, they would always just call them the distinguished competition. <laughs> right. It was always like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. We can't mention them. DC was more like, yeah, Spider-Man. Like, you know, look, we're not kidding anybody. <laughs> it's okay. You know, mentioning Spider-Man doesn't mean we're going to, like, lose sale. Like, what? Well, you know, come on, grow up a little. So I like that Ian <laughs> B was like, yeah, the first team up is probably from a Marvel comic. What's the big deal? Like, you know, code, we've done it better. But, I mean, yeah, they did it. Like, it's okay. It's fine. So, and I always learned so much about that. He mentions Law's Legionnaires. I mean, it, he gets deep in, in just a couple of paragraphs. So, yeah. Overall, a really great package. Absolutely. I would, you know, um, the Alex Toth piece, you know, I think is certainly the best part of the treasury, but as a cohesive book, the die, I think the digest wins out just because it's got actual super friends content. And then yeah. the other two is at least sort of thematically matched. Right. So. Yeah. No, I, I, I enjoy it. I, I did not read my copy. I figured out what issues they were. And then I went and read them on DC universe so I could actually read them. I, but I definitely enjoyed reading all five of those stories again. So I, it was a, it was a fun time all around. Does DC universe have the text pieces? No, no, not oh, the text okay. pieces. I, oh, I read the, I, I did get out my magnifying glass for the text piece, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but not the, not the, not the stories. Yeah. So they're, it's good stuff. I love, I love that they both formats, Superman's got re- represented in both formats. Uh, yeah, I just think that's that's terrific. I'm glad they exist. I'm, I'm happy that the Super Friends branched out a little bit. We mentioned last month uh, the giveaway comic. And so this, that's it. That is the sum total of any DC comic from the time, uh, you know, during the run of the original book that featured the Super Friends logo. So, guys, thank you so much for, for covering these with me. I really appreciate it. Well, 
thank you for having us. This is, I, I feel very honored to be uh, on this penultimate episode. So this was a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah, I'm such a huge Super Friends fan. I, I love it. I'm, I'm so happy your show existed. We'll always have it to listen to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. Thanks. Thanks so much for having us on. Absolutely. So as I mentioned last month, when Chris Franklin was on, uh, Chris is going to be my guest on the final episode, as are the two of you. So if you guys just want to hang out in the Hall of Justice until next <laughs> yeah. month, you can. I'm all sure right. Sean will be checking out the Super Friends library yeah, in well, there and I'm looking at go, all the stuff. Yeah, I'm going to go try Green Arrow's costume on, I think. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to say you are going to try Green Arrow's chili. Oh, well, I'll try some of that, too. But that might be up on the satellite, so I'd have to beam up there and get it. It might not be as baggy on you as it is on. <laughs> oh, it won't be. No. I'd like right. similar to Wonder Woman. I'm sure I couldn't get away with it. <laughs> so, well, again, uh, thank you all for listening. Of course, we all know where we can find Paul and Sean, which is on Batman Failing Reunion. Now, you guys, you guys at this point have now moved into the Detective Comics era of Batman Family Reunion, right? Yes, we yeah. have, and have lost the Batman Family branding. Um, uh, you know, the logo and the branding and, and, uh, it is uh, detective comics starring the Batman family for now. Uh, but we're still enjoying it. A lot of stories per issue and having a good time at the reunion. Absolutely. Well, okay. Again, thanks everybody for listening. I want you to stay tuned. I'm going to run some podcast promos and some commercial announcements. And when I come back, I'm going to do some listener feedback. Hey, Sean, did you know that Batman Family Reunion is expanding? Oh my god, what? Our episodes are not going to be three hours long? No, no, no. Now that we have moved into Detective Comics, we are going to see stories starring other members of the, let's say, extended Batman family, like the human target. He's a detective. The demon. He's been in Batman Family before. Elon Gated Man. He's a detective. Red Tornado. He's been in Batman Family before. Black Lightning. Ooh, he's cool. And the Adam. He's small. <laughs> I'm excited by the upcoming artists. Not only are we still going to see my favorite, Michael Glorious Golden, but we will see art by Don Newton, Dick Giordano, Irv Novick, Jose Delvo, Johnny Craig, and even Steve Ditko and Dan Spiegel. Awesome, but we won't forget the original stars. We'll see Robin return to the big top and Babs discover a family secret. Man Bat teams up with Jason Bard, Batman teams up with Batgirl, and we will finally get an all-new Alfred story. We will see villains like Maxi Zeus, the Riddler, the Crime Doctor, and the Truckers. But Paul, you know people say that the best part about the reunion is getting to interact with our Bat cousins. I personally think it's all of the food, but I understand their point of view. We are continuing our guest list, including some repeat visits, but also some new Bat relatives. We love that our show has become a real family reunion, and we can't wait for you to hear what we have planned. That's the Batman Family Reunion on all of your podcast apps, only on the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Tuesday, McLean Stevenson and Barbara Rhodes coach when the stars come out to play on Celebrity Challenge of the Sexes. Then, it's Shields and Yarnell. You just gotta see them. Shields and Yarnell, right after Celebrity Challenge of the Sexes. Tuesday at 8, 7 Central and Melton. And it's time for listener feedback, and these are the comments we got on For All Mankind, episode 48, with my guest, Chris Franklin. First up is Martin Gray, who says, thanks for a fun show. I've never heard of this comic. Ditto the Valentine's Day stuff. Speaking of the latter, perhaps Flash and Supergirl are smiling after their big team-up and Super Team Family number 11, part of the search for Gene Loring storyline. I don't know, did anybody ever smile? 
that came to Gene Loring, Martin. Uh, Sean M. Myers, of course, from our network and this very episode says another great episode. I'm glad you have decided not to stop at number 47 and instead go on to finish it off at an even 100. I see what you did there, Sean. I think the reason that these two stories are picked to be reprinted is the fact that no supervillains or dogs die in these tales as opposed to Super Friends numbers three and nine. When you talked about the back cover having various covers reprinted, I really expected you to spend the next 37 minutes of the show talking about why they cut and pasted the DC Blue Ribbon Digest logo randomly over issues one and nine. I guess that will get its own episode. You guys talked about entering contests, which made me really smile because I am a huge fan of entering contests. I've won a bunch of cool stuff over the years with a lot of small things like movie tickets, CDs, DVDs, and Blu-rays, books, and iPod. But easily the biggest item that I ever won was a one-week trip to Disneyland. I've never understood it when people who win contests say, I never thought I'd win. LOL. I always think that I'm going to win a contest that I enter. In your comments section, Brian Chufo talked about the TV theme songs and you told him to start that podcast. I second that motion and offer myself up as a guest for an episode. I love theme songs. I'm really looking forward to hearing the next guest stars that you have on your podcast. I bet that they're going to be fantastic. Well, that's uh, for you all to judge. Edo Boznar says, very interesting show in that, like Martin, I had no idea that the Super Friends special even existed. However, using the Super Friends for a corporate giveaway comic certainly makes sense. And now I'm wondering if there are more of these floating around that we don't know about. And I agree about the choice of stories included in the book. Yes, the one with the warhead is quite good, but the other story should have been for Super Friends number 39 or maybe 43 to retain a consistent villains with unusually sized heads theme. Anyway, I'm assuming that the penultimate episode will probably cover the super best friends from South Park. Wrong again, Ada. Dr. Ann says, great episode. I've never heard of the special, so very cool to see. I love how much I taught you all about this book's existence. I have seen lots of Valentines on the web, even posted about the Supergirl Flash one at some point. Never knew it was from this book. It is ironic, of course, that Flash Supergirl were the sacrificial lambs of crisis. Maybe the card should have said something like, even though DC thinks we're irrelevant, we still love each other. But now I'm wondering, what could episode number 49 be about? Maybe the Lauren Faust Super Best Friends shorts? See, Angie, now you know. Uh, Isamu Hideki Yukinori says, fun show, Uncle Rob and Uncle Chris. And yes, the Superman Club, it did actually happen. Dad explained that it was mostly salvaged from the DC Superstar Society fan club in 78, which cost $4 to join a victim of the DC implosion. Uh, and then uh, I'll, I'll read some more comments from Misu, but he you have to go back and look at this uh, comment he left on the website, primewaterpodcast.com, because he posted, uh, boy, like half a dozen, even more images from uh, the, the Superman fan club. It's just amazing stuff that he found. It's really fascinating to look at and zoom in and all the details. And he says uh, the poster, which again, I mentioned he, he posted in the comment, was originally for the DC Superstar Society, which had a Battle Stars War Heroes chapter. That's why Enemy Ace and Sergeant Rock are there. There's also a chapter for the JSA, which is why Power Girl's on the poster and not Supergirl. Sorry, Dr. Ange. Uh, same, sorry, Uncle Dr. Ange. Same with JLA, Legion, and Shazam characters. The opening letter welcoming new club members was by Laurie Sutton, editor of the Super Friends special and the editor of the Superman Club newsletter named after the Daily Planet, and you can call her chief. The letter has an offer to join other heroes chapters for just a dollar each. Essentially, you would get a membership certificate that looks exactly like the Superman Club one with the wording changed to reflect the hero chapter, as well as another hero designated Superman Club membership card with a secret code. There were four Daily Planet newsletters published. The first was dated September, October 1980 and came in the welcome kit mailed to my dad, care of the great uncle Kenzo's address, with later newsletters mailed on their own, folded in half with half of 
page four devoted to the mailing info and bulk rate postage. The second newsletter was dated November 1980, suggesting a bimonthly schedule, but the third was dated just 1981, and the fourth had no date at all, but it is copyright 1981. There is no post office cancel stamp on these, so I do not know exactly when these were mailed out. Then on February 5th, 1982, DC Comics then VP of Business Affairs, Paul Levitz, sent a letter to all members announcing that Superman Club had been discontinued, but you'd still be one of Superman's special friends. So it happened, but it was short-lived. I could also hear Uncle Rob's lies, eyes light up when Uncle Chris said that the Super Friends Valentine's book was tabloid size. Yes, I did. If Treasury Comics plans to cover tabloid size non-comics such as this Action Valentine playbook or the DC Superheroes poster book, let me know if you need any clear scans. Thank you, Isamu, uh, as always. Yeah, just everybody check out that post. It's just so much knowledge embedded in there. Super Captain says, always great to hear, uh, see a comic that I'd never heard of. Uh, I thought I remembered this contest, but it was confusing. But I was confusing it with the one sponsored by Clark Barr that promised a trip to Gotham and an appearance in a superhero comic book as first prize. Seven-year-old me, of course, thought it was Gotham City. However, they meant New York City, which is probably for the best since Gotham City would scar a kid for life. Second prize was a DC character watch. And third prize was a subscription to your favorite DC or Marvel comic. Anybody win any of those? In a related vein, there was a whole there was a whole Atari Sword Quest contest a few years later, where the top prize was a jewel encrusted sword. Urban legends around uh, abound around that one, and it's a long story to go into, except that it inspired a pretty good limited series from Dynamite about six years ago. Like now, I'm fascinated, Super Captain. By the way, I had some of those little mini Sword Quest comics. I think that came with the game because they were drawn by uh, George Perez, I and mean, they're really, really, really good. Uh, Noah Tarnow says, great episode. I clearly remember those Super Friends Valentines being the hot cards to get when I was in kindergarten. So that would have been V-Day 1981. I was especially fascinated by Green Arrow since it seemed like a real deep cut to me at the time. Do people in other countries have the U.S. kids Valentine's Day tradition of giving a little card to every single classmate? For that matter, do American kids still do it? I don't think I heard about it. So that happened to my nephews and nieces. Discord from our network pipes in and he says Canada had them, but that's not too unusual. And then Martin Gray follows up with, we never did that in the UK. We like to make sure people, we like to make sure people feel left out. Kidding. Valentine's Day was never a thing until teenage years. Brian Linton comments. I've been racking my brain trying to remember if I ever gave or received those super friends Valentine's back in my grade school days, but the no avail. Curse my middle-aged mind. Regardless of whether or not I ever saw those cards in the wild, it was great to learn more about them and the Super Friends special here. Thanks for another excellent episode. Thank you, Brian. Paul Can, of course, from this very episode, says, awesome episode as usual. I had never seen either of these items. Thanks. Captain Entropy says, thanks for a fun episode. As always, Robin Chris, I'm looking forward to the final two surprise topics. I am also a charter member of the Superman fan club and my other identity should probably put that on my resume. <laughs> yeah, I'd put it on your LinkedIn page. Everything, Captain. Uh, Bucky749 says, another great episode. Can't wait to see what's next. Well, now you have, Bucky. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Brett Young follows up with, great show, Robin Chris. I had no idea this book existed. I know the puzzle seemed a bit bland and unconnected to the Super Friends, but I wonder what Aquaman thought of his fun shop. Oh, here we go. Quote, hey, it's a Super Friends special and I actually made the cover. Although what's up with my pose? I look like I've been riding my seahorse too long. But at least I got a, I got a full body shot on like Peters and Lee over here. <laughs> that is a deep cut. But for all our adventures, who picked these stories? In one story, Ashford and Simpson's Pet Beasts. Uh, beat up Superman, SNM Tarzan, and then the other we get all boat raced by a six foot phallic in military dress. 
Uh, so Plastic Man can look good. Where's the shots of me riding a shark and kicking ass? At least I get my own fun shop page. A, B, C, D, E? Wow, what Mensa member came up with that brain teaser. Man, that clown is freaking me out. Now, what's up with the freaky tree? My weed guy warned me that Afghani Kush could hit hard. <laughs> Looks like I got to be on some Valentines, too. You know what, kids? I've got a Valentine for you. Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm the goddamn king of Atlantis. And I deserve better than playing second fiddle to purple. Sonny and Cher all the time. Put that on a card. <laughs> Brett, you uh, you do not disappoint. So, thank you all uh, for the comments. I really do appreciate it. Uh, big thanks to Paul Ken and Sean Meyer for stopping by. If you don't listen to Batman Family Reunion, what are you doing? Turn the show off and go listen to that show. It's just great. And, of course, as I mentioned, uh, they'll be back next month. So uh, that is going to do it for, as I said, the penultimate episode of For All Mankind. You can find the show still on Twitter at For All Mankind SF. All the back episodes are on our website, findwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show, although I don't know why you would do that now, on any podcatcher of your choice. And if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Network, just go to patreon.com slash podcast, And there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked in the show of your choice. So big thanks to Chuck Dill, Stanford M. Brown, Donna McWaters, Gord Tolton, and Davey S. Gutierrez for their support of the Fine Water Podcast Network. So... I mentioned next month is the final episode. Before that, I want to thank all my guests from this year, the previous uh, 11 episodes. Uh, I always, I, every single episode of the show has been fun to do. And I really enjoyed having different guests every month. And I, I really appreciate people taking time out to come and talk about some ancient super friends comic with me. So big thanks to Captain Entropy, Devin Clancy, Russell Burbage, Dr. Chris Lewis, Cisco and boss, Mike Staley, Brian Heiler, Chuck Dill, Noah Turnell, Gabriel Hardman, Chris Franklin, and as I mentioned, uh, Paul and Sean for being my guests in 2023. I really appreciate it. So thanks for listening to For All Mankind. Join us next month where Chris, Sean, Paul, and Aquaman's weed dealer, Brett Young, help me take a look back at the series as we turn off the lights here at the Hall of Justice. NFW-TV Podcast.